Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rooted Rhythms podcast of North Raleigh Christian Academy. I'm your host, Josh Leonard, and I'm so glad you joined us for today's show. This podcast gives us the regular opportunity to sit down with people from all stages and walks of life, hearing their stories and the ways God has worked both in and through their lives. We pray that these conversations would encourage each of us to establish the rhythms of our lives to be rooted in the truth of the gospel and seek to point others back to Jesus. Harmony and relationships, being reconciled and forgiveness, those things in a interpersonal relationship with other people, uh, that's not something we've come up with. That's, that's God's idea for friendship. Today we are joined by someone who very recently spent time with our students and very quickly became a part of our NRCA family. Marquise Cox was here with us this fall as our Spiritual Emphasis Week speaker. And when I say he was a blessing to our entire NRCA community, that would be an understatement. Marquise spent the week sharing with our students the truth of who God is and the way that he has called us to live. From our thought life to the people that we surround ourselves with, Marquise used the word of God to challenge each of us to ensure that we are seeking to chase after Jesus with everything that we have, even in the smallest details of our lives. Today, I asked Marquise to join us on the pod to discuss an entirely different topic than anything he shared over Spiritual Emphasis Week. We often hear that we are called to share the truth with those around us in love, which then often begs the questions of, how do I do this when the truth doesn't come across as loving? Is it even possible for these two things to exist at one time, or do I have to choose between sharing the truth of God's word with those around me at the expense of loving them well? Or is loving my friends, but never actually sharing with them the truth of who God is and who he says they are truly loving them well? If you, like me, have wrestled with these questions in the midst of a situation where truth and love don't seem possible, then this is the episode for you. In fact, where our episodes typically land in a single 25 to 30 minute segment, this conversation was so good that we have split this into two episodes. So be on the lookout following this episode for part two to be released in the coming weeks. So without further ado, let's jump right into our conversation with Marquise Cox. Marquise, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you. Man, excited to be here. Have been loving my time at NRCA uh, this week, man. Immediately feeling like family. Love the culture and the vibe here. So, been a good time. Man, you've been you've been such a blessing to to our students and and to our school community that have gotten to hear from you uh, not only during the school day but also in the evenings. Uh, for those who just didn't have a chance to get to hear you while you were here, uh, do us a favor. We just introduce yourself, give a little bit of your story yeah. here before we jump into it. Absolutely, man. So, Marquise Cox, originally from Southern California, uh, the Los Angeles area, Riverside to be exact, about an hour east of LA. And uh, man, was born, raised there uh, with my fam. Uh, I have a twin brother, older sister, younger sister, and uh, some uh, half brothers and sisters as well. And then about uh, 2015, moved uh, to Atlanta, Georgia, lived in Atlanta, Georgia uh, for about six years doing ministry there in the North Atlanta area. And then now I reside in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, we absolutely love it there. Um, by we, I mean my entire family uh, that came with me. My wife, Crystal, been married going on nine years. Um, love her. And then we have our two baby boys, Denver and Dallas. Uh, so we got our tribe, man. It's me and uh, the crew, as I call them, me and the crew. So, I love it. Yeah, man, it's been good, though. Absolutely love it. And uh, so, yeah. 
That's a little awesome. bit about me. And when you uh, when you're in San Antonio, Texas, you have a role as the uh, young adult pastor. Yes, Community that's Bible right, church. man. So my wife and I oversee uh, everybody between 25 and 35 at our church, that's awesome. and uh, we love it, man. Gatherings, groups, and uh, mobilizing them as well. So, man, that's so good. And we could hear your heart all through this week for yeah. for young people, and and particularly just in their formation of yeah. of life. And and I think that's really been what what has resonated so deeply with with our students and with our staff and, and school community here over Spiritual Emphasis Week and really was a huge reason why I was hoping to get you here with us today. Yeah, man. Um, you know, as we look at this this podcast here for, for our school community, our heart for this is, is to provide a space for so many of our students and our families to almost get to be a, a fly on the wall mm-hmm. of conversations. You know, we, Love it. we hear this phrase growing up that you stand on the shoulders of giants. And for me, I can, you know, I can think of so many giants in my life mm. that are people that I not only looked up to physically as a young young child, mm-hmm. but also I watched the ways that they interacted with the world around them. I yeah. watched the ways that they spoke to people. I watched the ways that they cared for the needs of people. And from those moments, I was able to glean these truths and this wisdom. And really, without even realizing it, my formation was happening yeah. in those moments. Being discipled, yeah. I was being, and whether they knew it or yeah. even I knew it at the time, I was being discipled yeah. to, uh, in many ways, become more like Jesus. And so my hope for, for the conversations within these podcasts that we have, and particularly today, is that that's what's helpful for our students, is that they're able to glean some wisdom as they have all week from yeah. you this week. Um, but even in this conversation that, that I want to dive into today, um, as we're kind of talking through this idea, um, something came to mind in some conversations we've had this week of this understanding between um, this word truth and love. Yeah. And when we talk about these two words, both of these words really resonate in Christian circles, mm-hmm. right? We hear the word truth, we hear the word love, and, and sometimes they're defined in mm-hmm. the same way, sometimes they're defined differently. Uh, so I want to kind of throw it to you here uh, to set a stage for us in this conversation. When you hear this idea of truth and love and the way that it's used in Christian circles, what do you hear most commonly, and how is it defined, and how does that resonate in the life that we live as Christians? Yeah. I love it, and I love this conversation uh, and, and these two words, truth and love, uh, just because it also resonates uh, with with Gen Z, this mm-hmm. emerging generation. That's right. Uh, they use truth, and, and I want truth, and uh, being 100 about things, and things are legit, and that's real. So there's this, I want 100% authenticity, um, and there's that, there's that truth element, but they also, uh, their ability to, man, I want to, I want a better world. I want to love others. I want to be loved. So man, for me, uh, and, and we talked a little bit about this, uh, these ideas, any word, man, any ideology or things that we come up with, I immediately, uh, want to look at it from a biblical perspective. That's right. And so for me, thinking about the word truth, I always, uh, use uh, classic Tony Evans, uh, mm-hmm. just definition, man. I love uh, it. he's, uh, he's the goat to, yes. to me. Yes. Uh, but, uh, his definition of truth, the absolute standard by which reality is measured. Uh, it is God's view on every subject. Mm. So I love the way he defines that uh, because truth doesn't come from us. We don't get to define 
uh, what truth is and 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 you know even in our language we use our truth your truth but uh, truth is an absolute standard by which reality is measured and it's God's view on every subject so when I say truth I'm talking about what does God say about this yeah. uh, man it's it's only two ways man it's it's God's way in our way and I want to be on the side of God's way so um, that's truth for me is what does God say about this specific thing? Uh, but then when it comes to love, uh, love for me, uh, I, I look at scripture as well. You know, a general uh, definition that we see with the life of Jesus is the overall or to seek the overall well-being of another, to seek the so overall good. well-being of another. So when I'm thinking about the overall well-being of my brother or my sister, what can I do um, to uh, a better their life or to seek their well-being and Jesus looking at us seeking the uh, overall well-being of us uh, he laid his life down for us so when you look at I always tell people we don't get to define what love is Jesus uh, we find in scripture uh, Paul says in Ephesians 5 when he's talking to husbands husbands love your wife the way Christ loved the church and so when you look at that, man, what did Christ do for the church? He, he, he died for the church. Mm -hmm. uh, he spoke well for, of the church. Um, he sacrificed for the church. All of these things are our definition. So when I look at uh, this definition of truth, it's what's God's view on a subject. When I look at love, I look at the life of Jesus and what he did for the church. And uh, he sought the overall well-being of mankind. So, yeah, man. That's so good, and and I think I want to jump back a little bit, even when you're kind of talking about this idea of truth, and particularly for for this generation yeah. with, with Gen Z, is that we we live in this world where uh, you can you can create a platform of of any kind, right? You can immediately create for yourself mm -hmm. an individual place where you're able to speak your truth, right? Mm -hmm. Your personal truth there. And then not only are you able to to articulate and publicize your own truth, but then you're able to receive the truth of others. And, and it's like drinking water out of a fire hydrant, mm -hmm. right? You're just, you're receiving all of these things through whether it's social mediums, digital mediums, even just relationally oh, in the yeah. hallways. And all of a sudden you're trying to navigate, well, what is actual truth by which I should set the foundations of my life? Yeah. And what is this personal preference and, and how do I reconcile mm. these things in the ways that I relate to other people? What yeah. have you seen in that in, in kind of your experience there? And, and how does that really affect the relationships between us and those around us yeah. and how we should interpret the things that we're receiving? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just jump into the your truth, my truth thing, man. And I understand where people come from. So, like, I'll just use my example of me and uh, my parents. Uh, I'm 32 now. And so when I go back home for Christmas time and we're talking about uh, days when we were growing up, yeah. uh, th this is an example we use where I'm like, man, mom and dad, y'all now in my household, we have butt whoopings. Y'all know what butt whoopings are? <laughs> yes. I've been there. Okay. Been so there, yes, uh, I was like, man, mom or dad, you know, I remember dropping this ketchup pack it in the back of your car you turn around and you smacked me and you were like don't do and they're like no i, I, I don't would i don't never remember that. Do that and so now this is a moment when i can jump in like well my truth says that you did this and your truth is that you did now that's a moment but but reality what i'm saying is man what took place in this moment i perceived man i did something I dropped something and this is how you reacted. And my mom's perspective is, man, I didn't hit. No, I did it. <laughs> That's right. So, but we, we use terms like your truth, my truth. But, but in reality, that was my perspective 
perspective as a child mm-hmm. and my mom's perspective was she probably just was like move out the way you're doing too much let me get the ketchup and and she was like I just reached back and grabbed the ketchup packet but for me as a child I saw it as oh you you reprimanded me she That's saw right. it as I was reaching back to get the ketchup so for me when I think we approach this idea of your truth my truth a lot of times not in every instance but a lot of times the way that it's used is just a perspective on right. a, a matter and and I believe again there, there's there's absolute truth. So even if I'm wrong about what took place in that moment or my mom's wrong in what took place in that moment, even if we don't remember what took place, there is a truth that was there mm-hmm. that God knows like, oh, well, in this moment, here's what took place. Um, but I think our attempt to find out or to at least uh, have a voice. And I think that's where students are, are, are leaning towards of I want to be heard. And I don't want you to just cover up with your perspective and what you saw. Right. I want to be heard to say like, no, this is how I perceived this. This happened to me. And so I think it's just a cry for, uh, man, I need to I need to be heard in this moment. And I think we ought to hear and listen to. I just more so want to uh, parse out and unpack. OK, let's let's separate the words, your truth, my truth. Maybe it's your perspective, my perspective or. Uh, my intention and your intention yes. um, or whatever it may be. But when it comes to the truth of a matter, I don't think there's multiple truths about something. Right. Yeah. That's man. That's so good. And and I think that's been a conversation we've had had recently, even in, in the circles around here is, is this idea of, of, of truth and where our convictions lie. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's these biblical convictions mm-hmm. that, that are, are universal truths as followers of Jesus. And, and then you have kind of these, these personal convictions. Maybe you have have kind of family convictions that you put around the table there. And and I want to kind of in that stage that, that you've set there, I want to kind of ask this question for us on as we relate to one another, right? As we're talking about the ways that we relate as, as believers, mm. as brothers and sisters in, in Christ, how do we relate to one another when we have these universal biblical truths, but you're also navigating the 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 way that people receive things, the mm-hmm. way that their intentions are, and and how how can we best relate to each other where we're glorifying God even in in the tough conversations, yeah. right, in the harder ones? Because I think in that question we're going to be able to kind of launch into this blending between between truth and love. Yeah, absolutely. And and so when we relate to one another, I think what people are ultimately seeking, and again, this is a biblical you know, principle when we relate to one another and I want to be heard, you want to be heard. I think we're just individuals that are trying to seek harmony in our mm-hmm. relationships yeah. and, and, and to be reconciled, but harmony in relationships being reconciled and forgiveness, those things in a interpersonal relationship with other people. Uh, that's not something we've come up with. That's, that's God's idea for friendship that's right. for us to be forgiving in harmony, in unity, reconciling. Uh, the Bible speaks to that. So again, for me, and this is what I tell students all the time about having a biblical perspective. Anytime somebody asks me a question, I'm going what does God say about this? What does the word of God say on uh, about this? Uh, if it really is a lamp to our feet and a light into our pathway, what, what does God say? So for me, I'm thinking about relationships and, and wanting to be heard and, and, and wanting unity and I'm going to the Bible on those things and the Bible speaks about forgiveness in relationships you are going to offend somebody at some point you're going to be offended at some point so what does the Bible say about forgiveness what does the Bible say about reconciliation Mm -hmm. what does the Bible speak about when it comes to man I I need a third party to be brought in into this beef that me and somebody are having and I need accountability I need a mediator to, to, to speak with us and what does it say about boundaries in our friendships and in how we relate to one another so 
So I just think the Bible speaks to all of those things and how we relate to one another. It's just what issue do you have? What does God say on it? And be obedient to that. Yeah. So that's and that's such an encouragement for for even for me as as an adult. Right. This yeah. is, these are truths that we share share with young yeah. people, even over spiritual emphasis week. While you were here that first night, we spoke about this, this beautiful picture of of how the gospel that you laid out mm-hmm. for us that night. It resonated not just with our students, yeah. but even with with our adults. We saw yeah. adults making professions yes. of, of even struggles that they were having right. in the midst of that. And I thought, what a beautiful picture for our young people to see that the Lord is continuing to work yes. and move and shape the lives of of those who are following after him yeah let me ask you this question here in this same context i think right there that's a a beautiful picture of the way that that christian brotherhood and sisterhood is is designed to to engage but then you get these conversations with with people who you know are not followers of jesus Mm -hmm. right and and you get put into these circumstances and these situations where uh, you want to speak the truth, you want to share with them the hope that you know that you have in Jesus. Yeah. And you want to do it in a way that's loving. But again, we're talking about the way people receive things, mm-hmm. your intention behind it. And so you want to find a way to share the truth with love. But a lot of times those don't feel like they mm-hmm. actually line up together. I either have to be hyper confrontational here to something that I don't yeah. believe is right or I just have to be hyper loving and pray that my my loving interaction with them somehow leads them to the truth. Yeah. And so how do you reconcile yeah. those two things? In I love what you said. You mentioned it uh, unintentionally, but it's how we it's how we relate and, and have conversations and, and think through the lens of everything. Um, you said that uh, truth and love doesn't always feel uh, good. That's right. And, and truth and love, both of those are not feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, truth is beyond a feeling. Yep. Love is beyond a feeling. Um, so when I'm trying to deliver truth and love, I, I'm not looking per se for uh, a feeling within of like, okay, now I feel good or I feel, I'm going to be honest, you you speak, speaking truth in love, you could do it the most gospel-centered, uh, godly, honoring way. And you still, just because of who we are as humans, you still may feel, ah. Uh, didn't want to say that or didn't feel good saying that I equate it all the time to telling somebody that their breath stinks <laughs> and, and telling you need a, you need a mint. That's it's, right. it's you're never going to feel like, Oh, I felt really good telling I this person. I enjoyed saying that. I yeah. enjoyed saying it. It doesn't matter. But, oh, thank you for saying that. They, you're like, mm, you're working yourself up to like, Hey, I'm going to be honest with you in this moment to tell you this. Um, but again, speaking to that and unpacking that, Telling someone the truth is one of the most loving things that you loving things that you can do for somebody. That's right, uh, man. I think uh, compassion and, and and honoring people is telling them the truth. Uh, but I think two things about this idea of, of speaking truth and love. Uh, when you're dealing with people who are non-believers who don't believe what we believe, uh, number one, you need to know this: the world doesn't always want to hear truth. Mm. We as people don't always want to hear. Invite people in. Hey, tell me. I want you to examine my life. And tell me any area that doesn't line up with the will of God. I'm a pastor. And sometimes I don't like that accountability. That's hard. That's just anybody. So hearing accountability, being accountable, having accountability and being told the truth doesn't always feel good. Uh, But again, love 
in my opinion, is to seek the overall well-being of another person. So if I'm loving you uh, to seek your overall well-being, I'm going to speak truth to you. Mm. And so, uh, but the second reason uh, that I think we we sort of miss when it comes to this truth and love idea is our delivery. I'm going to just be honest. Sometimes we are jerks for Jesus. That's right. And we just want to, and, and we're more concerned about telling it like it is than caring for this person mm. and, and loving this person uh, and, and realizing, man, they may be completely oblivious to, to something that's going on in their life. Uh, they may be naive to this blind. This might be a blind spot to them. But for you to just come at somebody uh, with all truth and no love is hurtful. Uh, but for you to just come with all love and no truth is, is also hurtful. Yeah. So, man, I'm telling uh, students all the time, man, they're, you know, because students will come to me and, and they have, uh, sometimes they have this like self-righteous, like I have this unbelieving friend and we need to pray for him and he's doing this and he's living like this and him and his girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm just going to pull them aside and I'm going to tell them that this isn't right. It's not honoring to God. And, and, and for me, I'm like, hey, so how much time have you spent with them yeah. prior to this conversation? Do, do, do they have you had a meal with them at right. all? How good of a friend? Are How you? good of a friend? Okay. And, and let's be honest, there's there's times there's times when you can just go right to a conversation. But I think most of the time there's a friendship, a genuine friendship that needs to be fostered and, and cared for. I, I tell people all the time there's this matrix of of high invitation, high challenge. Mm. Uh, but before you have high challenge, you got to invite people in. That's right. Uh, that's what Jesus did. Jesus brought the disciples in. I'm going to invite you to walk with me. Be close. Be be consistent. And then I'm going to turn to Peter and tell you, get behind me, Satan. That's right. Because you're trying to pr- pr- stop me from uh, this mission that I have. How could Jesus call disi- uh, call one of his disciples Satan? <laughs> well, he spent time with them. Mm-hmm. He know. Okay, you know what? I could call this knucklehead. Hey, slow down. That's right. Okay. Uh, but there was just a lot of invitation there. Yeah. So. Anyway, man, I think it comes down to uh, the world doesn't really want to hear truth. Many of us don't. And number two, our delivery as believers, we got to we got to get better. That's that's so good. I I say often with with our students even here and, and really not even just our students, but our adults as well, is there's there's such growth in our relationships that takes place whenever we recognize that each of us are so uniquely designed mm-hmm. and that so many of us, we receive things differently. We yeah, say things absolutely. differently. And in order to truly truly speak truth in love we actually have to know the person across That's from it. us right That's we have it. to know the way they're best going to receive whatever that is i had a a mentor recently he shared this with us and in kind of talking about this idea of accountability and i've i've been chewing on it for weeks since he said it because he said so often we take this word of accountability and we immediately almost like tense up because it's we think of it as confrontation. It's a, yeah. a confrontational moment where you're not living up to a standard, mm-hmm. and and sometimes that standard is is a biblical standard. Sometimes it's just a preference, mm-hmm. uh, our preferential yep. standard, or our own personal standard. But I've got to hold them accountable now yep. to this thing. And he said two things. He said first, and this is this is the one that really hits in the gut. Is he said, in whenever you're considering if if you're the one being led to to hold somebody accountable mm. perhaps it would be best to ask if you've spent some time praying for that person that's good because it's it's likely that if you have not spent time truly 
praying for that person and seeking the Lord's direction in that relationship, you may not be the one that's designed to actually be in that accountability conversation. And then it was this secondary piece that he used that, that has really challenged me in the way I've lived out even just the last couple of weeks is that when we're talking about accountability, it's not simply this confrontational aspect of it, but there's a level of accountability that calls us to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, right? right? Hebrews 10, where we are called to look at those across the aisle and say, man, look at where God is taking you. Let's keep our eyes toward that place. And how can I encourage you to keep moving in that direction? And when that becomes implemented in our level of accountability, what a beautiful picture of, of truth and love being blended together. Yeah, right? absolutely. And and I think uh, not bailing on the friendship or relationship um, just because, because best case scenario, they listen, they heed those words, and, and they obey. Like, you know what? The Lord is actually nudging me in his direction. Uh, but you may get somebody who's like, you know what? I'm still going to rebel. That's right. But for you to tap out and leave the friendship and the relationship, I think that does a disservice. Now, you, you can create more different boundaries some margin some sure margin uh but man what if that person needs to turn and say you know what i, I want to hear more about what you're saying mm-hmm. if you've created so much distance or you've burnt that bridge of like until you repent i'll never talk to you again right then it's like well who do i turn to if i actually have a question or if i'm like you know what man this person was right and i want to humble myself and talk to him you've really made it hard for me to do that that's right and so i think staying close uh, close enough to have a conversation again changing seats a little bit if if that needs to take place in, in a relationship or friendship but at the end of the day I tell students all the time man you may not get the response that you're thinking of of like you know what they heard me they're going to obey what God says and they're going to turn they may be like you know what I hear you but man I, I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing that's true and and in the midst of that you you really are I think we find ourselves in this place where uh, we think that we actually have this ability to change the hearts right. across the aisles right. right and so sometimes it's simply just our faithful obedience and sharing that truth with them yes, and trusting the spirit to move and and work in their life and simply just being available in the midst of that conversation if that door were to open down the line again yeah so I love it that's awesome Thanks so much for listening in on the first half of our conversation with Marquise. Join us next episode as we continue tackling these questions together, specifically looking at how these conversations with those around us relate to our inevitable struggles with confidence and doubt. The Rooted Rhythms podcast is a production of North Raleigh Christian Academy. I want to give a huge shout out to all of those who make each episode possible. Engineered and edited by Jason Pizzino. Produced and written by Josh Leonard. Thank you to Tiffany Benson and Zachary Roberts, who serve on our content team. Theme song written and recorded by NRCA alum, Graham Tudor. If you don't want to miss out on all future episodes, subscribe to the Rooted Rhythms podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can also follow at NRCA Student Life on Instagram to not miss any updates on upcoming episodes. If you have any questions or comments related to today's episode, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at nrcanights.com. Mm-hmm.